What is going on, everybody? This is episode 127 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. My name is Mary. You might not recognize me because I'm wearing glasses. You are wearing glasses today. I like the, I like the, the lack of nervous energy today. The, uh, the, the Zoomer energy has calmed down a little bit. No, I'm, I'm totally neutralized. It, uh, it combats my more manic personality when the shows start, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we have <laughs> a special guest here today. Introduce yourself, sir. What's up, everybody? My name's Ian Crossland. I'm happy to be here. I'm a co-host of TimCast IRL. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I was going to say, so they, <laughs> might re- they might recognize you from Maybe. somewhere. Maybe. They have seen me in such places as the Orbit commercial that played over the uh, Super Bowl in 2009. <laughs> now, now I have to go back and watch that. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah, clipping nose hairs. I think you mentioned that to me like one time when we were out like uh, outside. It was the pinnacle of my career in L.A., that's it's for sure. Beautiful thing. Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about L.A. today, oh, so yeah. there's going to be uh, Hollywood, all this stuff. But um, how long has it been since you've been up in this studio? It's got to be I, at least eight months. I was just telling Nick, I think eight months to a year. It was We used to do IRL in this studio, and then eventually we moved. And I just I think I popped up here once looking for a drink or something. Yeah. Eight months ago, yeah. been a while, but I love what you guys have done with the place. I think the background's incredible. The colors are, are mad necessary. It, g- <laughs> it gives it a totally different vibe. Like when when we got started, one of the hardest parts was like we had to find a way to differentiate the studio uh, because you're in the same space, but you have to make it its own thing, and it was a slow process. Like one of the differences between like mainstream entertainment and doing something like a podcast, which is more off the cuff, is that they kind of package it all at once, and then you just make large changes all at one time this was kind of gradual over a period of time yeah you had the background with like a lot of information on it, it looks like you've stripped that down a little bit yeah I like the neon is that's neon that looks good yep so it's it's all about kind of finding what works and the, the idea is that mary's got her own mary's giggling over there <laughs> waffle sensei said wait the orbits commercial guy is on pcc you know <laughs> He's seen it. Waffle Sensei. That's, a, that's exactly right. He, I know that guy. Yeah. Like, a bunch of people come in here. They're like, I love that commercial. Under his what eyes. The Okay, so we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We are going to talk about uh, TMZ and Johnny Depp, uh, something that I thought was very interesting because I kind of rave a lot about TMZ and the fact that they're actually one of the most neutral news sources out there. They're actually yeah. quite good. In a, in a job where you deal, you, know, you guys talk a lot about fake news, uh, I actually kind of uh, praise TMZ quite a bit. So we're going to talk about one of the employees and his testimony with Johnny Depp and some other stuff that came up today regarding Amber Heard. We've got the Cannes Film Festival and some new uh, stuff that's come out about uh, Kevin oh, Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Kevin. Well, what a guy. <laughs> so uh, he's he's accused once again of awful stuff, and he's got a movie coming out at Cannes, which is yeah. to me kind of fascinating. Uh, the timing on that is insane. Kind of had his comeback hampered. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's say uh, some would say good, but uh, we, we will <laughs> see. And then we've got Ricky Gervais, who's standing up for uh, his new comedy special, and I also found a really snarky article talking about you know people. Basically berating Netflix for like letting him tell his jokes. Uh, so we got that. We got Podluck. We got a bunch of other stuff. So if you two are ready, we'll just get right into it. Are oh, you ready? Let's yeah. go. All right. You good? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So the first is XTMZ employee claims Amber Heard's staged photo op of alleged Johnny Depp bruise in 2016, which is, you know, uh, one of the hardest parts we've had talking about all this stuff is like, uh, I want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt or I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and like more and more stuff just tends to come out and I'm just like, uh, I have a very hard time not 
losing my empathy for for people in these situations when you find out how much of the world for the for celebrities is manufactured uh, the jesse smollett thing really really bothered me i i i didn't know at the time if it was a lie if it was true yeah. I, but then i mean when you go back and watch the testimony knowing that he was lying it's like that people are capable of that and he's out now he's out he's got a new movie coming out from like bet plus wow like they like and they, a single <laughs> like, yeah, yeah oh yeah he's got the really bad he made a really bad single basically like, spoken word rap type of confessional style we, we tried to talk thing. like we tried to like listen to it here and we just couldn't get it was so it was, oh brutal it was so ridiculous so it says yeah. uh, a former tmz employee testified on wednesday at the johnny depp and amber heard defamation trial and lifted the curtain on how some stars work with the paparazzi the key here is the word work meaning that it's uh everything you're being shown is kind of it's a circus it's, because it's, i think that celebrities uh get into the mindset that they're either going to be a victim of the paparazzi or they're going to partner with them so to they make the outcome they want so they have to kind of head it off at the pass yeah and you don't involved. really have the option yeah. of just ignoring as nice as that would be yeah. right like the the, be the most successful like celebrities that i think are the ones that just stay silent but they also have to probably work twice as hard mm -hmm. to stay relevant when they can't you know give their hot takes 24 7 or constantly have stuff in the news i mean uh, mm -hmm. somebody like uh denzel washington is a good example of somebody's like he's just got his decades of his his body of work speaks for itself he's so ingrained in the industry that he does not have to talk about these issues uh if he doesn't want to but i, I think a lot of younger celebrities think that they do yeah i think ryan reynolds is a great example of someone that's kind of balanced it out he i think he did he buy boost mobile is that yeah, what it is or, and it was like it, i'm not sure if it was boost and then they renamed it something i've seen their commercials here like yeah, down he, in the living he's room. making yeah, his own too. commercials with his business that isn't he's not working for somebody else he's not an actor he doesn't feel like he has to make a big deal out of things to become famous and stay relevant because he has a huge company and he's having fun with it yeah in, in the movies he does he, he's built uh, established properties that his name kind of sells itself now as well like his roles the movie i was thinking of the other day uh, i was referencing like talking about like escapist entertainment and media and I was trying to think of like what the movie was it was called um uh, is new and it's called The Adam Project on Netflix and I couldn't remember it for the life of me when we were on air the other day but you know he's like it was like the first movie he's made in a while where he wasn't playing like a weird version See, that's what you got to do in the stink bugs yeah. here. Uh, he was playing like a weird version of himself, right? So uh, he's an example of someone that doesn't have to. But here it says, uh, Tremaine testified that he was instructed to dispatch photographers to a Los Angeles courthouse on May 27th, 2016, the day Heard filed for a temporary restraining order from Depp. He said his, new, his news producers would not have given him that assignment without verifying the credibility of the source who sent the tip to, that Heard would be filing a TRO. So she's expecting... She's doing this expecting people to be out there so that they can document it. And that just goes to show that it's all kind of a circus. It's all a large uh, television show that you're being forced to entertain. Only they're telling you it's all real. And it's what you mentioned earlier where she was like holding the tissue, looking down at the cameras and she wasn't moving for a second because she knew she needed the photo op. And it says, yeah, it says right here, it says, we were trying to catch Amber leaving the courthouse uh, and an alleged bruise on the right side of her face, he told the court. She was going to sort of stop and turn towards the camera to display the bruise on the right side of her face. Uh, and then he says, the alleged bruise. So like, the, even right there. So say the bruise, uh, let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say that the bruise is real. Whether, well, you know, a lot of people uh, have testified to say that he's never been, that Johnny Depp has never been violent in his life, that there's no reason to believe that he'd be like that. And then there's also the, the uh, other evidence that he definitely like, 
There was an ex-girlfriend of his that alleged he threw a wine bottle at her that hit the wall. But if we're supposed Um, to go on the uh, idea that like where does the majority of the testimony lie? It's like the majority of the people in his life have said that he's a nonviolent person. And then Kate Moss just came out and backed him up again saying that he, he like did this valiant like savior scene basically for her um carried her into her hotel after she fell down some steps and courtney Courtney love said that he gave her cpr in 95 at the viper room Uh, pretty much everyone who has uh personally known him is is coming out to back him up now but if we're supposed to give her her the benefit of the doubt here and say it's real it's still a show if she's still literally if they're telling you she's going to come out of the courtroom she's going to pause she's going to turn you're going to take the photographs there has to be a reason to do that and the reason is because it will both play well for her divorce which ended up becoming an issue later uh, or it's going to play well when she writes her op-ed because then there's pictures to go along with it. Is, did he say that Amber Heard had set it up too? That, okay, they, they get into that. Basically, they say that uh, they deal with um, like their agents. A lot of time they deal with these people's agents. So it's somebody in her camp. Uh, it says Tremaine said he was assigned to. Oh, it says Tremaine said he was assigned to photograph her amid the contentious divorce on three separate occasions. On August 6, twenty sixteen, he was instructed to dispatch to dispatch paparazzi to a parking lot adjacent to the law office where Heard was set to appear for a deposition. And then they asked, "Do you typically send paparazzi to to the parking lot of law offices?" He says, "No, not at all." Did you get the shot of Amber Heard? Yes. Yes, we did. On August 12th, 2016, Tremaine testified that TMZ received a video depicting Depp slamming some cabinets that was captured by Ms. Heard. The video was sent through their email tip line. He then confirmed uh, that TMZ owns the copyright to the video. And they say, how does TMZ like actually obtain the copyright if it's sent over a tip line. He says, the only way to obtain copyright over media would be if we shot it ourselves, if it was sent to us on the tip line and the source verified it was from the original copyright owner and then either purchased it from that person or it's given to us and then the third option would be if it was directly given to us by the copyright holder like the direct source. So her phone of him smashing cabinets, he says it was a much shorter video that's been played in this trial, Tremaine testified. There's been a bit at the beginning that was uh, that was played here when Miss Heard is seemingly sort of setting up the camera and getting into position and then there's a bit at the end where she's seemingly snickering and looks at the camera uh, that part was not present on the part was received so it shows that she was looking to catch him in a compromised position and then send it off to TMZ it's yeah, all I was a show wondering why she couldn't have edited those parts out or at least edited that part at the end I don't know if they might require to have the raw video feed like they, they if, if, if they get a, an edited clip they can't know what's been edited so like even if you film something on your phone right and then you go in and you open the the editing program and you can like you know change the handles on the video make it shorter make it longer i do that for skating clips all the time but then it shows up as an edited file dot mov uh dash one that so if the metadata doesn't confirm that it's a raw video file they can't know what's been edited out so they may be weary of actually hosting that it could also it be that amber is just was so happy she, that she got the footage that she didn't care. There's a hubris in a way. Like, Ex- I got him. Exactly. And, and that's why I have such a hard time. Like, and every time something like this happens, we're going to talk about uh, a thing that came out about her basically saying that she's getting, yeah, it's like it says she's basically getting thousands of death threats. And I have a lot of empathy for somebody going through something like that. But then I hear the audio of her, like, telling Johnny Depp, no one's going to believe you if you tell them that you were a victim of domestic abuse and saying stuff like, I didn't punch you, I hit you, quit being a baby. We, like, I mean, we've talked about celebrities saying that they're receiving death threats before, and you have to think about whether they're just getting 
a bunch of trolls who are like just throwing stuff out there or if there are some credible threats and i don't believe that there are credible threats that's a good point like the word threat i mean that indicates that it's an actual threat that like like the illusion of a threat is not a threat Mm-hmm. So if is it a tweet that says I'm gonna get you, you know, like if it that's just says not like a real KYS, threat. Yeah. like that's well, not uh, a death threat. Well, we're gonna talk know? about that later when we talk about Ricky Gervais when they talk about words causing harm. I'm like, how do you quantify that? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like, like how do you actually define what harm is? Like, are you <laughs> saying that his words are going to cause physical violence? Are you saying that those words cause you to do something to yourself? How do you quantify what that means? So when they say stuff like she got thousands of death threats that is a nebulous term now it's still not a pleasant experience to have to experience you know to see a thousands of people sending awful things to you and the stuff being said to her outside of court is absolutely vile but it's like i like I said, in person I, you mean yeah like like when she's like going into the courtroom have like people are that? like yeah yeah i watched wow. a video of it earlier like people are like i mean her the windows of the suv are closed so i don't know if she can even hear it but just you know and the people who have been gathered out there every single day are like probably definitely unhinged yeah <laughs> i'd be more worried about them than the people sending you stuff I, on twitter yeah something i do believe is like uh the the people who are arguing about this trial online probably are sending death threats to each other yeah the the bots who are manipulating the conversation also online are sending death threats for sure um i'm wondering too if like someone posts a threat on Twitter and then it gets retweeted a thousand times. Is that a thousand and one death threats? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Do they <laughs> multiply? Yeah. Do you get hit with like like a hundred counts of, of making <laughs> death threats. Like, I didn't do that. Somebody else, technically that guy made the death threat. I know like, there are people crazy enough that they would try to endanger her, but it hasn't happened yet. And I know that she probably has a very strong like security detail. Another reason I believe it is because like her crying uh, while she's on the stand about her getting the death threats is the first time I've actually believed any of like her any of her emotions yeah, like, ever. Yeah. All the rest of it seemed very manufactured that of an actor. That yeah. one actually seemed like she's overwhelmed by what's going on. I, she's got this victim mentality and for better for real or not. I mean Johnny probably beat her up. They probably beat each other up, but yeah. like she believes that they that they beat e- that saying. they beat each other up. I'm not sure if I uh if I if I'm supposed to go off evidence alone, her saying that to him means that I I know for a fact that she did that to him. The reality is that we can't know. We can't know. Um, but it's just very hard when, when she comes off and the things she's been caught on camera saying is so unlikable and so inhumane to, to treat another person like that and then actually like kind of goad them into the fact that no one's going to believe you. It, it zaps my ability to give them much empathy or sympathy. Yeah, and I think her playing this victim, she's playing the victim hard whether she wants to or not. Johnny's suing her that it, people sense blood like the wild animal and the human senses weakness and they want to if they see someone being a victim they want to go get yeah. the victim like Her that's fears. a victim yeah, and and she it. and she's pointed out that she thinks a lot of this has to do with the fact that this is a uh, uh, post me too that this is a lot of like men feeling mm-hmm. like this is the only woman in the world they can actually criticize a lot of people feel that uh me too went too far and certain people threw out false accusations or they exaggerated things or they just were set out to ruin certain people's lives and got away with it. And then now we have this like post Me Too uh, so-called imperfect victim that they've been permitted to unleash their rightful anger at. Uh, and so- also 
you can't really criticize women anymore in the public who are like women in the public eye or else you're going to be accused of hating all women. Yep. It says she alleged that Johnny's not doing anything to stop the internet trolls who are targeting Amber, insinuating he's almost encouraging it and says that she wants John Johnny Depp to just leave her alone. I do believe that he, he is almost too charismatic in a way. Like it, it I is. I think he's loving, uh, seeing her come undone uh partly that and i think part like if i'm to be charitable to him he's seeing like the like his once like broken career like rebuilding itself with all the positive press that he gets mm -hmm. so i think if i'm being charitable he's joyous at the fact that his career is being reborn probably my less my more cynical side says yes maybe he's just also like he feels victimized and he feels mm -hmm. now that he's uh um, vindictively pushing back on her and says like she's deserving what's happening. I get that. I've been in some wild relationships in my past where uh, the girl, well, my, from my perspective, was was lying, would say things about me. I was like, well, that that didn't happen that way. And she'd be like, well, I'm gonna make sure everyone thinks it does, like kind of mentality. And you're like, whoa, if I can get that person on the stand and expose them as a liar, like when yeah. she said I donated, you know, half my seven million dollar settlement, my my divorce settlement to charity, and then it turns out no, she pledged it. And they're yeah. like, you said you, under oath you donated it. She's like, I did. I pledged it. And they're like, well, pledging is not donating. And then and she blamed him for saying, like, you're suing me, so I couldn't donate the rest. Right, but it turned out she's just a liar. Like, yeah. she's just lying on, on under Or oath. Elon Musk. Yeah, or yeah. came in to save the day, pay it for her. <laughs> the funny part will be at the end of this trial if Depp for some reason wins and Elon Musk just walks in and writes Johnny Depp a a check for $50 million. I think you're right Sail too. Sail away into the sunset. Th this is definitely a, like another movie for Johnny, whether he's getting paid for it or not. He'll, he'll get a settlement out of it. Like I'm surprised, like I was saying before the show, they're not charging five bucks a month yeah. so that you can watch it. Yeah. Yet, but I, there are probably legal implications. I'm assuming that you can't charge no. for to see justice but done in the people courtroom. would because it's Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's it's just for sure. first come, first serve. So if people have been like camping out overnight and then they banned that, you can only camp out starting at this hour of like oh dark thirty. People are crazy about it. Yeah, they were kicking the people out, saying, mm -hmm. like, you can't camp out overnight to come like, here the next day. Like, don't these people have jobs? No, they like, don't. That's like, crazy. They, <laughs> it's the gig economy. It's, they're it's like, the they're, stimmy money that they're, <laughs> they're living off of right now. That money's long gone. Oh, my gosh. With inflation, that money is like, uh, that 1400 is like negative money just... now. Food stamps, maybe? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a, and then she talks, says, it's been an emotional testimony for Amber. She started crying when answering questions about how the drama uh, with Johnny is ruining her acting career. Again, I say, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You guys did this to each other. Uh, it says, and says that those are uh, rare moments when she is on, uh, on a movie set. There are tons of triggers from allegedly abusive relationship that can derail a production. And as we previously reported, the head of DC movie that's Walter Hamada uh, said that uh, her lack of screen time in Aquaman 2 had nothing to do with this trial it had everything to do with just a lack of chemistry with Jason Momoa uh, so and then my and then to your point about calling her a liar it says at the end it says Amber also says that the negative attention makes it harder for her to do charity work so I don't know what charity work like remember one of the biggest affronts that this all that I had about all this was that she was like a spokesperson for domestic violence well where even if you were you were also a domestic abuser so I don't like the idea of somebody who openly on camera admitted to domestic abuse being a domestic abuse advocate there are sorry a couple of drunken coke heads that were beating each other up it's just it's really disgusting that that society has 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 like circled around it so heavily I think you mentioned before it's kind of an indication of where the culture's head is at yeah. right now for better or worse I mean it's interesting but like yeah. to a fault we're like obsessed with their dysfunction and like taking 
taking the dysfunction outside of ourselves and observing it on somebody else. I was too young to, to know, but like, I, I imagine that there was like a, it, it feels safe to do this because it's so overblown because like there was a similar cultural fascination with the OJ trial uh, or things like that, which are far more, you know, actual, somebody actually died in that case, in that case. But the public's fascination was nonetheless very much heavily gripped and everyone was talking about it. But, you know, it became a sort of thing where you have to disassociate from what happened if you're going to talk about that, like, water cooler talk, right? It became about, uh, the you know, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. So what you remember about it isn't that people died. What you remember about it are folksy Johnny Cochran aphorisms and uh, OJ getting off and then writing a book about how, uh, if I did it, this is how. So mm -hmm. it's weird that we as a society have found ways to kind of disassociate from these topics and actually talk about it as if it's entertainment when it really is the sum destruction of two people's lives. It's become like a genre, true crime, I think yeah. it's called. It's an actual yeah. genre of TV now. Yeah, well, like with the, they had like the people versus OJ Simpson did very well. And then right after that, a whole bunch of very similar type God projects knows this is gonna be one of them like big time this I one bet might this actually be too like hard to do automatically adapted really quick maybe they're doing it already they're gonna have to hire somebody to be like like because everyone's making fun of how amber heard can't act so they're gonna have to hire a good <laughs> actor who's good at f being doing good bad at acting. pretending to be a bad actor what if yeah. they hired johnny depp and amber heard to play the characters that we would, were talking about that too <laughs> that would be the ultimate like yeah, like yeah. it's it's truly is like this is just ridiculous if, if they, they just if they humbled themselves and they beat themselves in the in the movie they each make like 20 million dollars for the that'd be awesome shit like whoever loses like i gotta pay that money back now so like yeah like i might have to take the 20 it's million like, dollar uh, thing to make and then amber is like they're like i have to act badly they're like yeah we think you can figure that out amber it's like two fighters fighting that can't stand each other but they're fighting for the purse yeah i'd love to see it basically be great. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know who would uh would the other people because the other people aren't actors so we would have to get actors to play the uh the lawyer, the the lawyer that everyone thinks Johnny Depp is uh, in a relationship with, and that poor lawyer of Amber Heard's who must just go back to her room and cry every night because it just seems to go wor get worse. Yeah. I'm trying. She was <laughs> like, "I'm trying here." I think she should say something like that. The, I'm like, giving it my best. That's all she can really do. They really do. thought she was like on the verge of a breakdown in court. <laughs> like <laughs> she's like, "I just can't win. Damn. Everything keeps going wrong." All right, uh, Kevin, Sp Kevin Spacey is back in the news, and that is uh, never a good thing, as we've learned post-House uh, post, uh, no. of Cards. So it says, Kevin Spacey charged with sexual, sexual assault against three men in the UK. Uh, we, we just had a topic the other day covering Kevin Spacey where we talked about uh, how he had something coming out to Cannes, and now we're going to cover that as well here. But it says, uh, Kevin Spacey has all new legal trouble, and this time it's overseas. He's been charged with four counts of sexual assault in the United Kingdom. It says, uh, Rosemary Ainsley, uh, head of the Crown Prosecution Service, tells TMZ that CPS hit Spacey with the criminal charges for alleged incidents involving three different men between 2005 and 2013. So the, they, they keep coming, and uh, the hard part is, like, how do you prosecute this? Are there over this? 20 at this point? Yeah, like, how do you prosecute any of this now? It says, uh. We've told, uh, we, we're told he's uh, been charged with causing a person to engage in penetrative sexual activity without consent, and the charges come after after a review of evidence gathered by a police investigation. 
Ainsley says that the Crown Prosecution Service uh, reminds all concerned that criminal proceedings against Mr. Spacey are active and that he has a right to a fair trial, innocent until proven guilty, everything like that. And says, of course, this is not Spacey's first time facing such allegations. He was sued in 2020 by uh, Anthony Rapp. He's uh, from Star Trek Discovery. Says who claims that sexual uh, that Kevin Spacey sexually assaulted him at the age of 14 when they were both on Broadway. And remember, like three separate people who have accused him of stuff have died in like the last yeah. three years under like suspicious su- circumstances. suspicious circumstances. Which means he like seems more and more like and his character that, from House of Cards. With that every, weird video he posted shortly after one of them died. I forget which one it was. At like he was like in front of like a like a in front fire. Of the fire. Yeah. Didn't know how to stoke flames on the actual fire. poking it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, really something to so behold. Th- the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because he has a movie coming out at Cannes this year. Uh, and it says that uh, from a, this is a Kevin Spacey, James Franco, and more have, are trying to make comebacks at Cannes this year. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, Kevin Spacey, we know all of those allegations. Do you know about James Franco and the allegations, but like him and his... Uh, I didn't know about them before. So he is accused of sexual assault with... Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank money, you. money, money. Yes. Uh, so it says, uh, basically, he was accused of like sexual assault with um, people that worked in his like acting he was, class. He was teaching a master class... Uh, in his own like studio that no longer exists on sex scenes. Yeah. Uh, uh, that uh, suspiciously seemed to be only female pupils. N- no men involved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> so, so it says, uh, from a cramped hotel room in luxury can hotel, a pair of filmmaking executives, uh, filmmaking executives are trying to pull off an unlikely feat, which is sell the distribution rights to Kevin Spacey's comeback film. Uh, on May 17th, Vantage Media International, or VMI, a Hollywood-based company that sells movies primarily to foreign markets. So I think the idea is that the uh, overseas, if you're disconnected to what's going on here in America and you don't follow our uh, you know, criminal proceedings or what's going on in our culture, but maybe you just like grew up liking the usual suspects uh, and liked him in House of Cards, maybe they wouldn't know what's going on. Wasn't this something in like Mongolia, or am I crazy? Like... Where was he filming? Uh, uh, no, it was. Uh, it wasn't Mongolia. It was like. Uh, it was a very far away. It was like. Tur- uh, uh, tur- no, it was. It wasn't even some Turkey. Eastern it was, yeah. European nation. So it says the movie's called uh, Peter Five Eight. Uh, the. Wait, let me see. It says, they screened a finished print of the noir film Peter 5-8 uh, to would-be buyers willing to take a gamble on the two-time Oscar winner's first leading role since his career came to a grinding halt in 2017 amid accusations of uh, sexual misconduct. I want to know if he got his Oscars taken away. Has that ever happened before? Is I, that even possible? I don't know if How they can... How does that work? Because uh, there was like talk about them maybe doing that to Will Smith. I don't know yeah. if it's possible to have you your Oscars. Mail back your your well, little. Well, there was the thing where a bunch of them like like uh like sent back their Emmys to like the the or like to like the Hollywood Foreign Press over like something to do with uh, protesting a couple years ago. Like Tom Cruise sent back his uh, his Oscars or something like that. Yeah, this is as of now, no Oscar winners ever had their award. Uh, rescinded. That's from Vogue magazine. Three people have refused uh, Oscars. Did it say who? Uh. Dudley, I have not looked that far into it, no. So it says, in a room filled with marketing materials for VMI, the, like, Randy Rhodes, Reflections of a Guitar Icon, and the Sam Worthington, Machine Gun Kelly Western, The Last Son. Why would anyone watch a Machine Gun Kelly Western? 
Sam this, Worthington I've is barely. I've been hearing about Midnight in the Switchgrass for years. When is this movie gonna come out? It's uh, well, it's maybe it's Megan just, Fox. It's one of those movies that's just never gonna come out. Yeah, what there's, the hell? There's actually like a, there's an inside joke in in skating. Like there's a company called Fiction that was get, making a video that was literally called the Fiction Video that just they kept making advertisements for, but it just <laughs> never came out. <laughs> so, I got the uh, the people that rejected their Oscars. George C. Scott for Patton. Uh, 197 in the 70s. It was Marlon Brando actually rejected one. Um, he, do you remember Why? he had that Native American woman get up on stage and, and reject the Oscar for him? It was like, uh, it says here they accepted, it was for On the Waterfront, 1955, but he was eager. Uh, there was, I don't know, 1973 ceremony amongst the Wounded Knee Occupation in South Dakota. So it was a form of, uh, it was a social protest. Yeah, like a protest. For, for was going the other person who I'm not familiar with is Dudley Nichols. I don't know who that uh -uh. is. Because yeah, uh, I, I, it's funny because like, there was like a lot of movies at that time. I, I was watching, I watched Dances with Wolves the other night. Great and movie. Just, uh, great great movie. movie. And it's just, there's so many of those movies that you just know they would never be <laughs> able to make now because they know that the, the implications are would be yeah. too... Uh, to, like, they would it would be it would have to be so much more carefully done now than it was back then meaning like every single thing that can go wrong in your promotional material likely will go wrong so you have to be very careful about thinking like 20 years from now they're they're going to look back at like movies of the 2020s and be like we could never make these these movies probably now. uh they'll have even stricter guidelines well i would hope that we go through like a cultural roundabout and you kind of go through you another would hope phase. that well, but like, well you know where things come yeah. back around in kind of subversive humor and uh and edgy humor comes back for a time uh i don't know if that's possible in the digital age now i think it was more possible because of uh when you were when you were saying something um really really controversial back in the day People had to write you a letter to complain to you. Mm -hmm. It's not like that now. And in and, uh, and these executives, or find a phone number somehow. Yeah. Nowadays, the marketing <laughs> in this thing called a phone book. <laughs> nowadays, the marketing managers get really scared yeah. off when they get fifty or a hundred yeah. complaints, not realizing that your market share is a lot larger than fifty or a hundred complaints. And that it's a large proportion robot accounts <laughs> dead internet dead, dead internet. internet theory so it says the fact that there was an audience at all for this film which boasts the tagline the guilty always pay the price how can you star in a movie being kevin spacey with that tagline and not see the irony in that yeah sounds intentional <laughs> well it's like a lot of people like if you watch the video of him like uh, at the fire he says a bunch of weird stuff about uh <laughs> being accused of stuff like it's very creepy like there's very little shame in him right. in the That's way he's approached this it doesn't exactly help your reputation no it does I not so it says uh, it could be considered a coup for VMI given Spacey's pariah status in Hollywood after at least 16 people came forward from the 2017 alleging lewd and inappropriate behavior on the part of the actor towards young men on sets going back decades and decades uh, yeah. of, of that stuff. So and then uh, they also go for the there's a James Franco movie coming out. It's a corrupt cop movie called uh, Mace starring James Franco, whose career took a nosedive after a 2018 Los Angeles Times expose in which five women ex uh, claimed that he exploited them. Uh, during his like acting classes uh, that he was teaching and also it says uh, uh, exploitative behavior uh, uh, June and John in a low budget romance shot by Luke Besson the La Femme Nikita director who's been accused of uh, of rape by several sorry I said it again. We're, we're, we're long into the segment now so hopefully uh, yeah. I'll edit it in post so Luke Besson's got something there James Franco Alec Baldwin has something that he's that's being sold at Cannes and he and they're gonna he finish did something bad he did something bad exactly I can't remember what, what it that was, was. <laughs> and he's going to be uh, obviously they're finishing rust they're oh, they're, wow. they're, they're not gonna to just me. let it 
died, they're going to wow. finish that movie. They're and not going like, to make a documentary, nothing. It's just They better make a documentary. Moving right about along, it. nothing to see here. Wow. Yeah, so so I find uh, this about so the five women who accused James Franco, it's basically like it's like crazy stuff where they're like he told them to like remove like when apparently like when you simulate oral sex on camera, they put like a like a guard over your private parts so that you don't yeah. actually do it. Not making this up, <laughs> and, and they're like he was like t- like it, he they, didn't. the The accusation was that he removed the guard during those scenes himself. His own guard or theirs? Theirs, theirs. yes. And also that he uh, would kind of imply in some vague way that there would be roles for them after the class if they did certain Thank things, you. like if they took off their their tops or whatever while they were recording scenes. That's some Harvey Weinstein stuff. It does sound like it, but at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, you can kind of just say whatever you want now. And you can't prove that he didn't no say proof. that. Like, like there's no way. Definitely like, going to get a role looking like that kind of thing. Uh, we, yeah. And we have a heart. Like a, a lot of people are burnt out on the notion of like, even if like Spacey's an interesting one, because most nobody's giving Spacey the benefit of the doubt. But for a lot of cases, a lot of people are like, look, I'm fed up with witch hunts. I'm going to I'm going to stand by innocent until proven guilty and as the as a precedent for society and we believe innocent until proven guilty it's very easy to want to go after certain people because like I said my my bias against Amber Heard comes from the things I've actually heard her say on audio tapes that has soured me on my opinion of her and even then it's more tep- you know I have a very tepid uh, displeasure with her behavior but for most people if I don't get to hear like actual proof of you doing something bad and you're in an industry where being extremely extremely go-getter and being extremely ambitious is encouraged I have a hard time just taking their word for it's it. It's also sexuality is extremely encouraged in in that industry. Yes. I worked in I lived in LA from 2006 to 2011. I went back there in 2015 to 18 and I was an actor. I was in SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. I did like commercials. I did uh Aliens in America, a TV show for the CW network and I had a manager and it was it was overtly sexual. The the things that that guy that that mm. manager would say is like you're you're so sexy. You've just got that sex appeal like alone in his apartment and and it's so uh, it was so awkward to be exposed to that but i guess it's the norm it, that was to me was a, a warning sign to get out do I, you after- feel like it's an expectation uh for all actors to play into that there's a, a type of actor that plays into that there's like the fat smelly actor that they want to play the fat guy but then there's the sex and then it's like women for the most part sell sex even nerdy women they want to sell the sex and they want to sell the sex of the guys they kept for me, it was like, you're just going to be so sexual that they're going to love your sex energy. And it's like, how do you quant like, and then you have to take the, the idea that we have to now quantify that and turn it into a business, like, like say what you want about porn, but they're, they're not uh, hiding what they're doing. Whereas Hollywood is trying to mask what they're doing under a notion that they're actually somehow more morally. Or that it's elevating the art form. Yes. That, it's that's anything, but that's the part I have the biggest problem with it is like uh, a lot of it is like self-importance and they mm-hmm. think very highly of, of what they do and the work they do. And that's, that's why people in flyover states hate the idea of Hollywood elitism. It's like, I do not need you lecturing me on morality. You're the last person in the world I need lecturing me on morality. Yeah. Now, there could be a, con- the, there's a context for it. Now, remember, we have uh, intimacy coordinators on movie sets. Like, imagine being, so this happened to him just a couple of years ago. Imagine actually thinking like, do you think there's a guy in the in America now in Hollywood that actually has the guts to like run a, uh, a sex scene class? Not if he's, 
Not if he's smart. No, no you'd have to have waivers signed. What waiver year was signed. this happening that he did this? So pre th Me Too. Uh, this is pre Me Too. Uh, okay, of course. So it's, uh, it says uh, it says accounts vary. Uh, students' accounts differ. It says I feel there was an abuse of power, and there was a culture of exploiting non-celebrity and a culture of women being replaceable. Everyone in that industry is replaceable. That's for sure. That there is no like like uh, the, the I think that the implication in that though was they were saying. Uh, the female actors are seen as as replaceable for their sexuality and they can't be judged on their own merits of like their performance but that male actors at least have the option to be judged based on their actual performances and it's not yeah. just objectification yeah and like and they say like men grow in like men as they as they act uh, they grow into uh, like you have a face that you grow into like you're going to be great when you're playing older roles like if you're too young and you have a baby face they think that you'll do better when you have to play roles that are making you more convincing like you can't play a ceo at 21 but you'll you'll make a very convincing fortune 500 ceo in your 30s and your 40s whereas women's marketplace in hollywood tends to go down mm -hmm. because of the inherent sexual nature of how they market at these people in film in in a well, it's not film anymore. Now it's video, I guess, yeah. but they still call it the film industry. But in theater, there's a huge theater scene in L.A. as well. Yeah. It's not. It's more about uh, quality acting, talent, and ability. New York too, right? Like I would imagine. Right. Yeah, I yeah. didn't do a lot of theater in New York. I lived in New York for a while. Um, uh, but I didn't do. I think I did a little bit of stand-up comedy in New York City. Uh, but it's about how good they are on stage. If they can make you laugh, they're not wearing tight clothes. They're wearing whatever they want: long, flowy dresses, yeah. big over shirts. But it's their 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 energy. You know, you can hear and feel their sound. But when it comes to film, they just want tight outfits. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody because all the time. Because it's too dimensional. You don't have to be in the room with the person. That's a good point. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's like watching a, a comic book strip. Mm -hmm. So it says uh, it says uh, Hillary Dusum and uh, Natalie Shamil, uh, also students, claimed that Franco pressured actresses to film a scene topless. While Devin Labella said that the actor's film company, uh, Ra uh, Rabbit Bandy Productions, would promise to hold parts in Franco's films projects for Studio Four students. Parts that required nudity. So it's yeah. like, he's totally like, he's probably like, he probably holds some parts for some of the male students too, but gets away with this by saying like, but I'll hold the parts for the women uh, as long as they're willing to do nude scenes. Is it illegal? Yeah. Probably not. But is it scummy? <laughs> it Absolutely. Sounds, it sounds so sleazy and like hyperbolic, but... He'd be like, yeah, if you take your top off, I'll give you a roll. Like, yeah, that's, like, but that's literally like what they're saying happens. Like I'm picturing an actual casting couch like in the corner of the room. It's, it's, it is almost cartoonish. Yeah. Like, when you see these industries, like some of the hardest th things for me to watch in movies, I hate. I hate meta humor in Hollywood. Thank Thanks. you. I, I, I'm just not a huge fan of meta humor in Hollywood. It just doesn't oh. work for me. The, the one example is we watched, uh, uh, what was the one that we watched? The Bubble? That was yes. like one of the rare examples of a movie where I enjoyed actors acting like douches because it was part of their job to, to be hyperbolic about. But at the about, same time, it was like, aren't we such lovable douchebags? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but in general, like, but this is like beyond parody. Like, and then you'll get the role as long as you, yeah. uh, as long as you take your top. Like, it yeah. sounds like something you'd make up in like a book and like, it can't actually be right, right. like that in real life, but it is. Yeah. yeah. When Seth Rogen, who was like his best friend and working partner, like acting partner for decades or kicked at least, him to the curb yeah he was like i've had enough i think that that kind of mm -hmm. indicates that he knew that 
James had been doing this for a while and been inappropriate for a while. But even then, he didn't do it until he got caught. So I don't right. know if I like, like. I know. Like that's like if you're if you're not gonna if you're not gonna stop working with your friend until you until you find out that people are now mad that you're doing it. That's not that's not any type of bravery. That's just covering your own ass. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I did want to point out one thing that I thought was interesting is okay. So we've got Kevin Spacey, we've got Alec Baldwin, and we've got James Franco, all with movies that can. And then we've also got a lot of stuff involving protests. We had the protests over you covered feminicide. Uh, yeah, there was a uh, first uh, lone protester that ran out on the red carpet at one of the premieres. Uh, she had like body paint on her. It was about Russian war crimes. And then later uh, at a different premiere, there was a flash mob of protesters talking about femicide in France, which is I guess it's just a hate crime against against women. You're getting murdered because you're a woman. Yeah. So they have to actually acknowledge that that's the reason it happened. Mm-hmm. So we've got a bunch of horrible people trying to revitalize the careers. And then we have people trying to do legitimate, you know, I, you know good by protesting uh, in the name of causes that they believe in. And it's all happening at the same place. And I find that kind of a good kind of summation of Hollywood as a whole. Like you have a lot of awful people and maybe a few good ones that also want to say, you know, uh, put across good messages and they're all interacting together. And in the world now where everything's so polarized, how does this come to pass in a way where like, it's just it must be weird for people here to be like I'm here to make my movie about the war in Ukraine and like Kevin Spacey standing next to him like hello like it's it's, the pictures are crazy like the the reactions of celebrities trying to seem like they're hearing out the the protesters like oh yes I'm I'm very sophisticated and a, a, a cinephile and I'm I'm very artistic and I know about the world <laughs> like but at the same time you're you're scared because there's some woman like screeching at you in French <laughs> and they're like yeah they have to pretend like they're both yeah. the, I support you but also n- act, not act surprised but, as to what they're seeing you should be like apprehended by security like don't don't do that shit around me right <laughs> well yes yeah, it's, it's always not in my backyard yeah, right yeah. It's always like, they're fine with this stuff happening as long as it's not affecting them yeah so uh, it says the Ukrainian filmmakers behind a movie called Butterfly Vision uh, protested, protested the ongoing invasion of the Ukraine in the on the red carpet at the Cannes Film Festival. The film's director, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this name. I, I, I apologize. Not possible for me. His first name's Maxim, but I can't pronounce that last name. Uh, it says, uh, appeared on the, at the event with his colleagues wearing shirts with slogans about the invasion, uh, including an image of an explosion with the phrase Ukraine life written above it so they're there trying to bring attention to what they believe to to their cause to the war in ukraine so these people are trying to do good and then you have you know or the you know if if it's their country they believe in their country they want to draw attention they want to get as much uh positive uh energy you know or positive press coming their way to help with you know whether they need people to uh, america to send more supplies or they want to get the u.n involved they the best way that they know how to do that as filmmakers is to make movies about it that's how they do their activism how do they like how do these people like how do you think they feel like all interacting with also people making movies like with these objectively awful people that people have condemned in society. It's kind of cool. It's like a melting pot of psychopaths. <laughs> with, that, yeah. And yes. All clamoring for the hot spot of the, the, the 10 minutes in the, the limelight, like uh, the Oscars. Everyone wants to have their big moment at the Oscars or their big moment at Cannes. But this is like reminiscent of the 1990s and early 2000s before the internet video appeared. Now you can start a show five days a week Thanks, and have more more notoriety and availability to people's minds than you have by a five minute 
you know, standing ovation at the Oscars that barely anybody watches anymore. Yeah. So I feel like it's a relic. A lot of these people are there. They, they want what they think is cool. But yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have heard of this if we didn't talk about it on the show. Yeah. This show is obviously, to me, more relevant than Can. Yeah. I didn't know Can was going on. Yep. And to a lot of people, probably. Well, I think of it more as like it, when, it, when people think of f- festivals now, it's, it's just a buyer's market to like get these things sold off to, to these production uh-huh. companies. Uh, do you want to do Super Chats? And people need to take notice of the screen. There's a, a bar yes. now at the screen. It, it's got uh, it's counting up, uh, and when it hits uh, a certain amount, which is a hundred dollars, our most observant viewers, our most observant notice. viewers will see the uh, the growing bar. It's it's very similar to uh, another channel that I follow called Chicken City. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, uh, but uh, something might up, happen if we get to a hundred dollars. ChickenCityLive.com. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, go ahead with the super chats. Yes. Uh, Waffles Sensei says Amber would be a fool to not take the role of herself in the true crime remake of this trial. It's the last movie anyone would ever hire her for. It could <laughs> be her the resurgence of her, her career. You never know. Yeah, I, I don't know if she's like, uh, I mean, she might like <laughs> with her. Like, I just maybe I'm just cynical in the age we live in now, but I feel like she'll get uh, more. She'll still get work. Like, I don't know if it will kill her. If I Kevin think, Spacey can, anyone can. That's what I'm saying. Like, if she can, All she did was hit a guy. I mean, are you kidding? That's what they'll say. They're like, are you kidding me? He was probably asking for it. Hire her. I've <laughs> never seen her work uh, until recently, and I saw her. I think it was an Aquaman. Was she in the first one, too? Yes. And yep. I thought she's actually a talented actor. That That's one of the things, I guess, you know, about Kevin Spacey, too. He's a really great actor. It doesn't mean he's a... When you say good, you know, that's a little vague. What yeah. does that mean? He's not saying she's good. She's she's obviously a nut job, but yeah. she's talented. Thanks. There's there's a lot of people who think that you have to kind of be like the like to be an actor, like you have to kind of be, be because of how emotionally vulnerable you have to be on screen that you're more emotional. Uh, you know what, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have but that's to- a misnomer. I went to theater school and a lot of people, they were like, I just feel Ian. It's just this is I can't I need this. And I'm like. <laughs> this is a job. Yeah. Like it's a job. You put it down when you walk away from it. If you let yourself go crazy, like Heath Ledger, he did the the oh, Joker and then killed himself because he was like in so thinking he really was the Joker. No, taking that pills that's, that's, and like that didn't end up happening. He was he had always had sleeping problems. So that was that was actually like his his family had come out and, and corrected on that. That's not actually what happened with that. He just that 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 was just oh. used as like a cynical way of promoting. It became like its own self fulfilling like rumor. Right? It might, that might be true. It's it is his family that made that statement, so it's hard to say if they're not biased. But uh, for my personal experience as an actor, when I was smoking a lot of pot, I started to believe that I was like I'm like okay, I'm angry. Yeah. I am John Lennon. Yeah. I am uh, hateful because John Lennon would like got beat when he was a kid. He was angry, so I started to feel like I'm angry. I, I'm like, but it's weird how the mind is is yeah. malleable like that. It's well, a almost like a dangerous industry to 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 mess around in. And for me, one of it was just like, it's just like you have to constantly put yourself out there, right? Like you're like, your work is constantly going to be critiqued. Everything you do is going to be judged. That's what I mean by vulnerable. I, I'm not saying like they don't know how to turn it off at the end. I'm saying you're actively putting out a very, very vulnerable side of yourself to portray something and be open for critique all the time it yeah. is more what I'm saying. like we've we've actually covered that where like uh, Mads Mikkelsen had like a whole article where he's like yeah method acting is BS like it's like it's just you do the job if you're good at the job you can do the job and that's it. yeah I would do oh geez what are these different types you have method acting you've got what was link later what link later did like a anyway I don't want to go too deep into it now yeah. I can't remember from theater school different ways of acting like outside in inside out you know yeah do you do you really believe you are the character that's kind of like okay if I'm playing a psychopath or if I'm playing a murderer I would believe like I am a murderer in this position, but I wasn't doing drugs at the time. Yeah. Like drugs, man, they they really confuse the mind. Thank 
Thank you. Thank you. Does that make it harder to, do, do drugs mask, uh, does it make it harder to act with uh, on drugs? or does it, it, make it can make it more intense and even maybe more believable, but it will, it seems to make the the self more more um, vulnerable to to being coming twisted okay. after you get it done. I just say because like me with my my history with substance abuse, it it masked my emotions and dulled them. So I think I would have had a harder time connecting with the material if I was trying to you know act and portray. oh yeah fasting and like when you cry because you're just so pure you feel it so clearly that's the best way to be when you want to perform I think in my personal opinion. Okay, all right. Uh, next super chat. Yes. Kyle Army 11 says, I want to see Robert Downey Jr. Jr. play Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp cross-dress as Amber Heard in a remake. Oh, my God. I like that. That's incredible. And then they can all, and that thing can segue into, like, Tropic Thunder 2. And uh, and Amber Heard can play uh. Robert Downey Jr.'s role in Tropic Thunder 2. Johnny Depp can climb out of a, a, a hole in the ground like yes. in North Vietnam. Or yes. uh, next one is Joe Duraki, a.k.a. Jay Dizzle. Ian, love seeing you on this show. I hope you can make appearances regularly. And for the love of God, shout out your appearance tonight on IRL. You yes. know I will. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, Tim, like, uh, the other day, Tim, like, he's like, they're on Sunday through Thursday. I'm like, Monday through Friday, but close enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That's Have you all considered right. doing Sundays as well? Well, we, well, before what we were doing is when we were originally started, we weren't live. We would record Sunday through Thursday because the episode came out the next oh, day. Okay. So he wasn't wrong. It's just we had already gone live by that point. Interesting. So. Next. Caper2x says the solution for Hollywood villainy is graphene, hopefully <laughs> in the megaton range launched from orbit. <laughs> is this true, Ian? I, I think so, yeah. It's the fiend. It's the structure of the fiend. <laughs> so you got your graphene and your borophene. I think there's actually graphene. Have you seen that? Some no. <laughs> multi-dimensional graphene, I think. I haven't looked too deeply into it yet. It's with a Y instead of an E. Is there going to be a, a graphene movie? We'll, we'll have to, there'll have to be a movie on graphene Yeah, graphene someday. the movie is that, what it'll be called. Fantastic. It could be better framed. Next. Rolando A. Ramirez sent $10 with no message. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thousand Rolando. Foot Deep End says super chatting just to see what happens when that pink progress bar at the bottom of the screen filled up. Oh, it's getting I'm close. I'm intrigued. It's getting there. Thank you. Timely Gaming sent $10 with no message. Thank you again. Waffles Sensei says, I just want to see the bar hit 100, hoping it's a chicken party in the studio gets Legend of Zelda. I don't know how to say that attacked. Yeah, in Zelda, at least I think it was in the third one, if you hit beat chickens for, for a living, like if you walked around and hit the chickens, eventually the chickens would come flying off the screen at you and attack you. You're <laughs> not making this up, No, really. that's the real deal, yeah. Also, I love that there's a little dollar sitting on top of my I know camera. it's on top of her camera <laughs> Isn't that right perfect? Now. you will not be able to um, see it <laughs> waffle sensei says oh wait no, I just read that one caper 2x sent $10 with no message thank you Jennifer Presley <laughs> said chicken party with a bunch of chicken emojis thank you uh, Logan Culver said if you're watching on a fire stick the chat scrolls on the right covering your faces just something to keep in mind Love no the Timcast crew we will uh, we, we will, will look into that thank you we'll have right to look into that feedback all right all right up. all right we're moving on we're gonna talk about ricky gervais we're gonna talk about ricky gervais because he is uh he is joining the the ranks of dave Chappelle of somebody that i think i don't even think the comedy is all that great but I he put is the bloody bible in the bloody fiction section <laughs> uh mary does a fantastic <laughs> british impression she does so I'm just, uh, uh, I, thank, thank you. you. Uh, I, I think that the, the biggest crime is that the, the jokes are actually very pedestrian. <laughs> like, it's like, he's like, it's like, I'm going to make some jokes about um, members of the LGBTQIA plus community. But he's like, but I don't want to make 
too many jokes. Like, so he's like, I will give him credit that he's standing up for what he believes in and he's still making the jokes, but I don't think that the jokes are even all that entertaining. They're really not that funny. No. Unless you're not used to hearing jokes that subvert your expectations in any way. Uh, it, I mean, if you're used to listening to, like, Amy Schumer, I'm sure if you watch Ricky Gervais, it's like, whoa. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, the Christmas snap. party. We hit. Oh, there it is. You. Oh, rock and roll. I just got a 20 in my uh, in my cup of oh, coffee. No. Perfect. <laughs> this is no Let's joke. Ah, uh, there Thank it is. You. See? It's right there. Dude, look at this wild action. <laughs> <laughs> All day, every day. We Let's should go. maybe implement some sirens. Thank I, you. Thank yes. you. I definitely want to see, like, we could have, like, uh, Carter make, like, a, a theme that's, like, a, a siren-esque theme. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Like yeah. it's like a police siren, and it's like singing, like it's like him yeah. singing like pop culture. Something crisis. on a wire that like slides by in the background. That'd be crazy. <laughs> that would be perfect. Yes. So uh, we will implement music. So we're gonna have to talk to Carter about that. Like yeah, just put a yeah. boombox right here. We'll do a right. lo-fi <laughs> and just put a boombox right here and, and program it. So it says uh, the British comedian is under fire this week because of some of the content in his latest stand-up show, Supernature. Uh, in one part of the show, uh, Gervais spoke about the transgender community, the social commentary about them, and urged trans women to uh, to quote lose the c word. C -word. Um, very, very uh, not that c word. The other c word. The other c word. So it says, uh, "Oh, women, not all women. I mean, the old-fashioned ones, the one with wombs, those effing dinosaurs." She said in the Netflix special. <laughs> I love the new women. They're great, aren't they? The new ones we've been seeing lately, the ones with beards and c words. Beep. Like they're jokes, but they're kind of just like. And when you hear it in his accent in your head, it's just like Ricky. <laughs> I, it's just so tired is to it, me, at least. Is it funnier to British people? No, I don't think. I think that, I think it's actually universal. I think uh, they think of it as universal now. And uh, I, I have a qu I do kind of have questions. It's like one of the things we talk about in society is like every time something like this happens, they get called out. I, I tried to make a distinction to her the other day. Like if you look at articles and you pay attention to what words they use to describe how it was done, and they say that he made jokes that mocked the trans the transgender community, mm -hmm. uh, and then. Um, other articles, so you'll, they'll make fun of other people that say, poked fun at. Those are very separate words with very different connotations. So the idea behind saying that he mocked them is, in, it kind of insinuates a level of derision. And I don't think that that's what we're seeing here. But I think that people are so scared of offending uh, the people of this, uh, people of this, of that community, that everything is taken as mock, uh, as mocking. I don't think that's possibly protected group yeah and that's one of the things people talked about that's a was going to be one of the problems when we created protected classes is that eventually uh the question's always like if you want to know who's in power look at who you're not allowed to criticize mm -hmm. and you're not really allowed to or at least you you can like he always says he goes uh, a lot of people he had a tweet where he said uh people say that you can't make jokes anymore and i rebuked that basically saying like you can you just have to be brave and make the jokes anyways and understand yeah. that you're going to get a lot of pushback. You can. You just have to have uh, the the balls to take the, the pushback. But also, like, I don't know if I totally agree with that because uh, of the censorship issue. Like, if you're getting censored uh, from, from telling certain jokes on a private platform, then that's not... I wouldn't consider that 
one of the natural consequences that shouldn't have to happen. I actually had a, a, an interesting, like I, I, I refrain from posting political anything on any of my social medias. I don't like arguing with people. I don't have the interest in doing it. If you want to have those discussions in person, I will absolutely do that because you can actually find some semblance of like, you can f- you find common ground in person much more easily. But I, I posted the old, um, it was like an old Carlin quote where he talks about um, fascism and, uh, you know, like uh, censoring speech is just, I forget the quote off the top of my, do you, anybody remember that quote off the top of their head? Somebody have to look, look at into like, it. Where he's, he's just talking about, um, is about speech and fascism. And somebody said to me, they're like, uh, uh, if nothing, like if there's no violence for your, uh, as a reaction to your, your comments, then that's not fascism. And I said, well, no, any amount of, uh, uh, ab- any abnormal amount of like, pu- like pushback, like if they try to get you fired from your job for making jokes, I do think there's a fair amount of comment to be made about like, is that a proportional response? Does that make it somewhat fascistic? And I don't want to get into the politics of this. I'm just saying that the the response from people these days is nowhere near proportional. He said political correctness is fascism pretending to be manners. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so he's like, he's like, no, because basically saying like, if there's no, uh, if nobody's going to be violent with you for your, uh, for not being politically correct, that's not what that is. I said, no, but if, if somebody says you're not being politically correct, I'm going to call your job and get you fired. What is that? Yeah, it's not it's not liberalism and to it, someone like Ricky Gervais. How would that ever happen? He's it, not an ordinary person. He doesn't have to worry about it. Yes, he's a, not a good example of like the uh, the regular. You know, he's not uh, Joe Schmo 32. Right. Uh, as we know, Joe Schmo uh, 32 is the smallest minority. The he individual. Is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Joe so, uh, 32. so I think the biggest problem here is that the jokes just aren't that funny. That's his <laughs> big. That's his biggest crime. And his accent. <laughs> Did you guys they see the show? I, it's a lot of it with Ricky's his delivery. I I watched the good. the clip. You liked uh, it? I didn't see it. You didn't. Oh. Uh, so it says uh, I just like his delivery in general oh, with like okay. the office and stuff. It's a, yeah. Yeah, a lot. Of, see, I've I've argued with people. I was like, I, I prefer British. British British, office. It was good. It was good. From what I I watched the whole thing, but it was a little more serious in the tone. It was more like dry humor. Did you see it first? No, I saw the U.S. first. So here's where he goes. He goes, full disclosure, in real life, of course, I support trans rights. I support all human rights, and trans rights are human rights. He's right. He, that, but I'm saying, it's like, you cannot, it can't be just a, a zero-sum game. You can't either support somebody and then only support them. You have to be, if we're going to be in an equal society, you have to be able to make jokes. That's what brings people to, uh, together in my book, like, the hardest part of explaining this is like the reason you can get along with other people is you know that you're fair game, they're fair game, they're fair game for humor, right? You're going to be inherently disconnected from someone if you feel like you can say stuff about them, but they can't say stuff about you. Mm-hmm. You can say they can say stuff about you, but you can't say stuff about them. How do you connect with someone if you don't feel like you're on an even playing field as a society? I think I, we were on like a high point with that in the 90s. Absolutely. Probably. I get like there are some moments like if someone had lost a leg in combat or something and you're like oh look at that leg like and yeah. you make some joke about that that's like come on i mean there there's like there's humor where you're you're making someone else the butt of your joke and then there's humor where you're just making everyone laugh by pointing out how ridiculous stuff is and and we tend to talk a lot about like uh never apologize to the group only apologize to individuals and i think he might have even said something uh, you may be going on with the yeah. story that he was actually more digging into the movement the trans 
movement, this socio-political movement? He, yes, he distinguishes between uh, people of that. Uh, uh, he's like, I don't have a problem with trans people or LGBTQIA people. I have a problem with activists and activist ideology. But the fact ideology. that he even needs to do this like whole caveat where he needs to co- go back and retroactively defend himself over jokes is just like stupid. And he's making it worse for himself. It's a, uh, yeah. Well, I'm saying like, he, if he's doing interviews, if he's on a press junket right get, now, yeah, uh, with the special come out, it. it's going to get brought yeah. up. What's he supposed to say? No comment. Like that's yeah. not going to play well either. It kind of corners him in a way. Like he doesn't have a way out of this now because uh, he's going to have to talk about it whenever, whenever he does press. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is actually one of the things that uh, Chappelle has to be careful for. And he will have to be careful for as well. It's like, don't, pigeonhole yourself into just comedy about this continue to evolve continue to diversify your comedic portfolio as you get older but don't become like just the guy who makes fun of this group or just Mm -hmm. the guy who makes fun of that group make fun of everybody that's what everybody should be you should be willing to get made fun of so that you can also make fun of everybody else that's kind of the beauty of a free society So it says uh, the comments did not go down well on social media with one Twitter user saying Supernature just wasn't funny for me. We're past using it's a joke as an excuse for being offensive. I do love the people who like I like whenever these people watch them like did they actually think they were going to go into this and like it being being aware of who he is like did any of these people go into watching a Chappelle special and not expect to be offended. (laughs) <laughs> like, I was going in expecting to have a fun time with a bayonet in my pocket. Yes, like, the, the guy who attacked the guy who dude. attacked Dave Chappelle was like... Like, uh, let's not even pretend oh, that yeah. that wasn't premeditated. Yeah, it says, uh, a second added, <laughs> I mean, this isn't really, uh, this really isn't like a joke. If you agree with this worldview, then you're going to laugh and go, ha ha. Yes, he said a thing I agree with and that feels, uh, that I feel isn't openly said and that's as deep as it goes. I actually kind of agree with that. Like, I'm saying, like, the jokes weren't artfully it's not deep humor it's not some great insight into the culture or into that community it's just kind of lowbrow jokes that a bunch of bros will make at like a bar on a friday night if they feel safe enough in the in that area to make those comments like uh, the 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 tragedy is that he's not actually able to be funnier about it right like why is that the only thing that it takes now to get people to laugh yep Ricky would he's he's the guy that would go to the Oscars. I see I think he's hosting the Oscars and would be like, Oh, where's uh where's Harvey Wein Weinstein? Yeah. Everyone and he's like, You all know what he's been doing. Yep. And then it's like everyone's like, Oh yeah. god, it's it's Ricky Gervais. I mean he's so <laughs> honest but funny. And then he's like, Come on. Yeah. You know it's what I'm talking about is real. Come on and and then it, obviously it is. Yeah. He's great at he's great at pointing out the ridiculousness in reality. He's so good at it. The Office was one of the most genius television shows of all time, to be honest. I think one of the most genius television shows of ever of all time so good that they spun off another version of it with which, the american office which is, somehow became even more cult. like there's still there's people that don't know that there's a uk office like there's it yeah. is so good and it spawned a genre of single camera comedy too yeah. as well like i think um parks i don't know parks and recs was single camera or not My, maybe that wasn't um but it, it has its own genre of of comedy yeah, a community sort of awkward uh, looking at the camera kind of yeah. So it says, uh, my target wasn't trans folk, but trans activist ideology. I've always confronted dogma that oppresses people and limits freedom of expression, Gervais said. I think that the same comedians who would have called out the, the church what they, if they felt that the church was doing so in the 90s or the same people who called out the war machine uh, in the early 2000s who were willing to comment on that should feel free to comment on this. But for some reason... They don't. And I, like, I think that says a lot about the world we live in. I now. thought it was good that he, he mentioned freedom of expression because he, he is an advocate of freedom of expression, not only for people that are trans to express the way they feel without 
you know, being hurt, but also that he's allowed to express the way he feels about what they're doing. Like, yep. obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, like, the, the sad part is the people who aren't activists who happen to just be members of this group who are just like, look, you're, you're ruining it for the rest of us who just want to live normal lives and be normal people, and you're ruining it by making every time somebody says a couple of jokes, you act like the end of the world, uh, like it's the end of the world. The term I kept hearing was harm reduction. Like, this, is, this comedy is harming people. And I'm like, how do you quantify what entertainment does to harm society? One could make the argument that we're seeing a lot of cultural decay in the last uh, 40 to 50 years uh, as entertainment has changed. Uh, the, a lot of people have talked about since Columbine, like what has changed uh, since the Columbine age? Like why is society seem like it's gotten so much sicker? And a lot of people draw parallels to just how violent, how uh, sexualized our entertainment is, and they draw parallels there. Can you actually make that comparison? I don't know. I think that that's worth exploring. But uh, is it, but does that mean that we sh- should limit their ability to make their comments on the world? Uh, at this stage, no. As no. long as it's not violating the law, I don't think so. I think it's a lot of it's the problem is pharmaceuticals uh, that we're hitting kids like 14-year-olds with stuff like Wellbutrin and crap. Yeah. And then kids are overly sensitive. And then yeah. if they grow up and they're 21 and they, they're overly sensitive and someone makes a joke about something they identify with, they say that you're the one offending me, but it's actually you're the one that's choosing to feel offended by what's happening in the world around you. I mean, honestly, big animals want to eat you. Deal with it. (laughs) It's offensive. Yeah, you could say, but I mean, they still want to eat you. It it is like, I mean, and we used to say like, oh, these kids will never make it in the real world, but clearly they're in the real world and they're getting jobs. They're not making it. (laughs) Well, no, they're getting jobs in your human resources department and changing the world to fit how they see things rather than, you know, that's why you have all the people with the, the sensitivity seminar and stuff like that so the world is actually changing to meet their needs not ours right. and that is uh it's some, a disservice to all parties involved and uh, it shows that we've grown i mean maybe it's because america is just too wealthy as a, like we've had it easy for so long here that people don't know just what decadence. actual struggle is like that's a part of it is like you know like if you don't have to worry like even people that are like i'll never be able to own a home i'm like yeah but are you you still get to eat at the end of every day, right? Like, uh, what's a, uh, there was a comedian, of all things, a comedian said, America's the only country where you'll find fat homeless people. The only country, because our, we have a welfare state that will take care of you even if you are at the lowest ends of society. So if we have taken care of each other, if we have uh, evolved to a point where we are so easily taken care of, then everything that comes to hurt your feelings will feel like a struggle. I was on food stamps for a little while, and uh, when I was in New York living in my car while we were starting mines, I didn't have any money, but I was able to get some 200 bucks a week or whatever it was in food. But one of the things that was so weird is I could buy Pepsi with it. Yeah, Pepsi. Yep. It's not food. It's uh, Sugar's a drug. In my opinion, it's dangerous. It's addictive. It's highly addictive. But you could people can buy that with with government funded food stamps that we're paying for with our taxes. And like, if you don't think that that's damaging society to allow people to ingest that stuff Not with so government money, meat. yep. Now uh, that's pretty good. That, oh, have you had that stuff yet? I have before. I didn't know it was good. It's it's tasty. I mean, I thought it was like mediocre. I wasn't eating a lot of meat at the time. I don't expect it to be meat it, it, or even taste right. like meat. It's just a new, a new kind of food. It's like a pea protein. Sure. If you think yeah. of it that way. Yeah. I like it. Were there super chats? There was a couple there were. of them. Uh, Keenan Smith is addressing Mr. Chris Poole here saying, any chance to set up an app game where a robot assistant 
assistant for the desktop that only members can control for 30 seconds per $50 <laughs> oh super chat. This Dude. is getting very convoluted. You'll have to take that up with Chris Poole, though. Dude, like every day something new gets added in here and like it's just becomes <laughs> like it's becoming more and more like a like a crazy <laughs> sci-fi show That's in it. here. The gamification. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like this started with just like cameras uh, and no, you know, just the studio lights in this, and now there's all this automation. It'd be cool if we took this show up in orbit, like low orbit. And then <laughs> the super chats could change the gravity. The specific was a specific gravity, but the gravity of the orbit, so that we'd be either like tighter to the ground, or we'd start to float. <laughs> we need the... Tim to talk to Elon yeah. and make that happen we'll make now. Happen. <laughs> uh, also, Newt said, "You guys are great." Thank well, you. Thanks. Thank you. There were some others, weren't there? Yeah. There's. Uh, oh, uh, I thought there was. There I was, think that was it. Okay. I got to so, say the backgrounds really look great on this show. I'm watching it on the YouTube on YouTube as well right now. Yep. Stunning. Uh, it gives it a little bit more uh, uh, depth and color pizzazz, to it. So, yes, pizzazz. How do you spell pizzazz? Is that three Z's? Four Z's? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna land on three. What do you think? It's four total. You'll have to look that up. It's a lot of Z's. I had a pizzazz pizza <laughs> oven in college. Oh, I, I did. I remember that. I did. Yes. It's like a, it's like what, what we like a it's like, like a, an easy bake. Yeah. Well, no, it's just for pizza. It's Yo, like now super they make, chat. Now would you? Give your date p easy bake <laughs> oven pizza or pizza yeah well yeah uh, you have to prove she has to prove that she'll love you for richer or poorer how far are you into the relationship before you pull out the easy bake oven yeah i we, guess it depends on how old you are how many relationships you've been through because <laughs> eventually you don't want to wait you just go right to the easy bake we had a we had a discussion yesterday because there was a, a, a talk when hannah claire a couple months ago was like when do you take a date to to, to Noodles and Company. I'm like, you don't take a date to Noodles and Company. You go to Noodles and Company after you go to Target. Like, you. you it's like, it's not a date spot and we had a whole it's argument. Target is the date spot. Yeah, like yeah. we had a whole, like a, a whole office debate and then we, we, <laughs> we levied that on the chat yesterday. What's the so. best, like, uh, corporation to take a date to? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is... Google? The Google best big tech. Yeah. Platform. Free lunch. Like, you just go to you, you just go to Google headquarters. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take her to Uber headquarters. So we can Uber there. <laughs> okay, yeah. we'll, we'll do I'm that. I'm thinking Amazon. No bathroom breaks. <laughs> Amazon HQ. <laughs> no bathroom breaks at Amazon. She's like she's got to stay with you the majority yeah. of the time. Then she can't slip away you either. Spend if as the much meal time is bad. together as possible. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was one more. Yes. Hava Owen says not only does Ian surprise me, but he inspires me to be better. Pop culture crisis has to be one of my favorite shows. We need more. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. Hava Owens. Thank you. And uh, we like five days a week. And uh, that's uh, that's uh, I, I don't know if we could do seven days a week. I need a day off. Uh, I need a day off here and there. Mr. Once in a e while. said I'll super chat a thousand dollars if Ian cuts his hair on stream. Not, you uh, could cut like just a like millimeter. Just a oh, wait. I think you're locked in now. If I just cut this off. Yeah. Specify, dude. Yeah. It's time uh, for that thousand. Those Fork are, it over. Weasel words. That's weasel words. We called uh, that. I actually have a film script that I've been looking at. I've that I may end up doing it and it called for me to, to shave my head which is part of why I haven't done it over the last couple of years but I was like told the director I don't want to cut my hair and they're like yeah. you don't have to cut your hair man I, I remember in the show Graceland there was a, a character played by Brandon J. McLaren who had dreads down to here mm -hmm. and they waited till like he's like uh, he was going to cut him off and then they w found a way to work it into the storyline yeah that the, to cut it off I've got these uh, split ends I haven't cut this in like four years or something but the split ends are keeping it from getting longer than this length yeah so I think Kara oh. wants to cut the tips. The so it'll keep over. growing? Yeah, so yeah. we can grow it all the way down to my back, like to my lower back. <laughs> 
All right, all right. Uh, Podluck, which of course we don't have a theme song for, but I'll just bring it up every day because eventually, yeah. maybe if we get eventually like, somebody will submit. Yes, something. Uh, maybe perhaps if we get uh, a theme song to go with um, Crisis Party, we will also have a theme song for Podluck. So, all right. So it says Henry Cavill could return to as Superman as J.J. Abrams' deal with the Warner Brothers gets reevaluated. This is of course because um, Warner Brothers was bought by Discovery Plus, uh, which means that they are going through massive cuts right now uh david zaslav is taking his uh sword and slicing down department after department um you know a lot of it's like you know you don't need two departments doing the same thing a lot of it's just a lot of that programming isn't making a lot of money but people love henry cavill as superman he's uh i will uh she thinks uh um you and hannah claire oh. think i stand tom cruise no it's henry cavill that i uh that i advocate for here because he actually <laughs> loves playing these characters and he's actually a dork He's actually, he's an actual... Well, I mean, that's the image. He's like, I'm the buff, nerdy guy. That's his like, thing. That's okay. His, there's, a, there's a great video of him building a computer uh, by himself. And like, uh, and it's just really funny because it's like, there's a meme that says like, uh, she's like, I like nerds. And it's like the, the nerds she likes. Nerd and it's Henry Cavill with likes. just these massive forearms building a computer. Nice job, it's like Henry. not exactly the, the standard image uh, of, of a guy who reads comic books, but good for him. Uh, so I, as a guy, that means I can complain about unrealistic body expectations like, like women get to. So it says, uh, uh it looks like, uh, I hit the nail on the head once again, as I learned that big JJ Abrams deal, the big JJ Abrams WB deal will be getting reevaluated and going under the microscope as a result of Warner brothers discovery merger, which might mean good news for Henry Cavill as Superman. They're changing it and doing a Do you know who Ta-Nehisi Coates is? I know the name. He's uh, he did uh, a run of Black Panther. He did a run of Captain America. He's the guy who had that really um, awful quote about nine eleven. Um, he's uh, he's an activist, uh, but he's also like an author uh, uh, in the vein of like a, a fictional uh, Ibram X Kendi type person. So he's the director. Was he the director? He's writing the script for a, for a new Superman movie that uh, is going to make super. They're not going to do uh, Valzad. They're not going to do Calvin Ellis, which is the the all you know the Elseworlds version of of Superman that's black. They're just going to make uh, um, uh, Clark Kent black oh, okay. which doesn't really make any sense why would you change that in there but they're going to do that what about and his adopted parents they're that's uh, that's how they're going to, they're gonna they, they haven't decided what they're gonna that far along but they just finished the script recently and are said to be turning it in but with all this stuff getting canceled over at warner brothers a lot of people are hoping that that's what happens to that script because nobody really wants that like everyone is down with the idea of like a calvin ellis superman movie and that's what or, or like they're doing uh do you know who michael b jordan is the no. actor Michael B. Jordan. He's from. Um, he was in Black Panther, and he was he played Killmonger in Black Panther. He was in. He is in Creed as Apollo, he's like Apollo Creed's son. Oh, okay. Um, but he's a fantastic actor, and he's a huge comic book nerd as well. And he's like, I would love to do a Calvin Elvis, a Calvin Ellis story, but they're not going to do that. They're just going to race swap Clark Kent. If they make it and the movie is awesome and it's just super a badass superman movie with well, i don't care who's playing superman yeah. could be i mean i'd be weird to call a girl superman but if if they start talking about his skin color it's i'm totally gonna vomit in my exactly. mouth exactly that's what it's like all they have to do when they do this stuff is just not talk about it just make this the just make a good story and don't acknowledge the fact that you did it because there's no reason to do it anyways i can give you the leeway as long as you don't act as if you're saving the world by making one random change that doesn't actually change but arguably anything. there's no way to do it without being self self referential, referential about it because you have to 
think about who you're going to cast first and they're going to be people who are suggesting race swap the character for yeah. for this socially advantageous reason thank, thank you, you. <laughs> uh, it's hard because like uh, they, I mean they did this uh, a lot the example I always give is Nick Fury Nick Fury in the Marvel movies is played by Samuel L. Jackson that character was historically white in the comics nobody cares because Samuel L. Jackson is freaking awesome and they didn't make a big deal out of it they just cast the best actor for the job do that and you're fine arguably it's harder with a Superman or a Batman or a character that is that famous right people have a image for it and I think now the general public even if they don't talk about it smells the agenda on the project because they know when it's done that there was thought going into it 10 years ago we could buy that you just hired the best actor for the job you probably did now nobody believes that you're hiring the best actor for the job you're hiring the race you want for the job which does a disservice to everyone who wants those roles who's, uh, who isn't uh, a straight white male for that because now they're getting judged and people saying, like, you didn't earn this role. Maybe they did, but no one's going to buy that anymore. That was the, That's ethos. the problem. When I went to college at Kent State to late 90s, uh, it was about the best actor got the role. And if yeah. it was a different color or different gender, it didn't, or sex, it didn't matter because they were the best and the show was the best because of it. And it, that was that. But if you force a, a race or a, gen, a sex into the role, man, you, you're just missing the, the whole point of acting in general, which is to get the best character, the best person to play that role. Yep. And it's a bummer that it had that so much social, uh, pr so much of the social issue has to come into it now because it kind of ruins a beautiful medium where when this stuff happened before, nobody cared. You just had the best actor for the role and now nobody buy like the problem is no one buys it. So even if they did, like I said, even if they did do that and they hire uh, somebody like, like if they gave a role like that to Michael B. Jordan, who is a fantastic actor he's going to get judged unfairly because nobody's going to believe the studio when they say that it had nothing to do with it. i guess there are some characters like uh django unchained where jamie fox played django who was like a slave yeah. uh, in the 1800s in america so if they had had like a young 14 year old girl playing django yeah. it would have right. been very confusing yes um a white there are girl points you know. where it's relevant yeah yeah yeah. So it says. Uh, so that he, it says. Uh, while the article didn't specify specifically mention Superman, uh, recently saw it reported that Tony Coates handed in a version of his and Abrams Superman movie, which leaves the door open for Cavill to return and star as Superman, which suggests that the newly formed Warner Brothers Discovery merger and David Zaslav could be behind the change, uh, as Zaslav seems to be all about quality content, making money, and making fans happy. He started cutting down projects left and right. He's like, dude, we own Superman and Batman and wonder woman why aren't we doing stuff with these people like it's like it doesn't make any sense why are we focusing on all these other things when these have the name recognition and the value and you're just puttering around with all this other stuff that has no is of no consequence uh and they're looking like and, and there's the ezra miller stuff which we don't we don't even have the time to get into the ezra miller stuff today with the problems he's caused dc yeah. but it says uh the changes that uh abrams and tiny Coates superman movie will be uh will be making uh a movie about a black superman even a period piece that sounds like a replacement for christopher reeves and richard donner so uh not current year uh, so they want to my guess is they want to be able to make uh, racial tensions a core element of the story is that you said they're making a movie about a black Superman yeah that was the quote from who was that a quote it says, or is that just an article it, it says what are the changes it has been reported that JJ Abrams Abrams and Tony Coates Superman movie will be about a black Superman even a period piece that sounds like a replacement for the Christopher Reeves and Richard so Donner version my advice is don't make a movie about Superman and if he's black that's fine 
but don't make a movie about a black Superman. That's insane. It's it's hard because imagine being the the actor that plays Superman in that situation, and you go on a press junket, and, and all of them are asking you, "What's it like being the first black Superman?" Yeah. Like every single time, Most... and then when you have to comment on it, it's like the black Superman movie is yeah. so woke, or it's praising it for being woke. It, did Most you guys just can't the, escape it. The, the Superman, when he died in uh, late 90s in the comic books, yeah. they had that black uh, plastic bag with the red bloody S on I, it. And my it was, mom, it's the only comic my mom ever bought. Yeah, I bought a bunch of them because yeah. I was like, these are going to be worth so much money. And then um, I bought like four of them or some three of them. And then uh, they, the Supermans came back and they're like four Supermen or, or there yeah. was like the white one, the big black dude, the yeah. little kid Superman, maybe only three. Super, yeah. Steel was yeah. the big black dude. Steel's awesome. I don't know if they've made movies of those yet, but those that was pretty cool. They, they, they need to make a Steel movie. They, They've got uh, John Henry Iron Steel on Superman and Lois, the TV show on, uh, on, uh, I guess it's technically on WB, but it also goes up on HBO Max. I guess now are we at a place now where the Superman is not being written in comic form; it's being written in movie form now. Like, is that the the future well, they're, of they're comics? Still... Is now it's being created? You know, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, the first three fourths of the of the movie uh, was based on the book and then he'd stopped writing them and they just wrote the scripts yeah they didn't have a book anymore so i wonder if the which future... is why it got bad at the end because they didn't have source material to pull yeah. from and the yeah, writers were objectively mess. not of uh george rr R. martin's caliber uh for this it's like uh it's really funny watching this happen with marvel too is because like the the best stories the, the ones that get adapted that actually work are the old ones because the writing was actually good nobody actually likes the modern stuff uh, at least the ones that they want to adapt are no, not don't you know america chavez has a huge huge cult fan base that was like I was like can you imagine them having <laughs> to say that with a straight face like like no like nobody it's like it's like saying Riri Williams has a has a has a yeah. great following nobody actually cares about these new characters because you're just ripping off other characters Stanley was a genius he was uh, now here's the, the what I would like they, they talk about having possibly having Henry Cavill and Mission Impossible director Christopher McQuarrie pitched a Superman 2 uh, a Man of Steel 2 movie Christopher McQuarrie is the one who single-handedly turned around well not single-handedly turned around the Mission Impossible franchise and has turned it into what it is now, which is a huge juggernaut in cinema. So a Christopher McQuarrie and Henry Cavill Superman movie would actually be really, really awesome. So I, I would like to see that happen. Uh, do you want to talk about Beyond Meat? In, the, the Beyond Meat and uh, McDonald's beef between Kim Kardashian and... Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's I will let talk you about it. You mentioned Beyond, uh, Beyond Meat yeah. earlier. Kim Kardashian is the official... What is it? Chief taste consultant? Or Chief something? taste consultant for Beyond Meat now. Yeah. That's she, a thing. She released the ad uh, yesterday. And I would like to apologize to our viewers for not seeing how I could have made this segment. The angle. The is, angle is, is right here. Yeah. Kanye West is now releasing. Don't a tell me that's not planned. That's. It's like, gotta be. <laughs> they have to be in cahoots. <laughs> so like in the ad, um, she's just like trying out all the Beyond Meat products and, uh, She's the angle of it is just like I'm a professional tastemaker and now I'm going to be helping beyond meat. And uh, she got a lot of crap for the the fake the, the meat that wasn't eaten while she chewed. Yeah, she was like chewing a beyond burger that had no bite mark in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and she was like I feed my kids beyond meat nuggets and what in the final whatever, like in the final ad, she wasn't. There was no bite mark in the in the thing. No. Yeah, that when you're acting and you have food, you don't normally eat she was it because just like chewing it. You take twelve takes, and it's like mm -hmm. if you eat every you're take, you're, yeah, you're super full or you're, but you're at least drunk put, or whatever the hell. Put the half of it that has a bite mark in her hand. At that point, like yeah. there was just no thought put into it, uh, and everyone was saying it's it's so fitting because you know her body is beyond meat. 
she that's is, true. She, she it's is literally a sausage casing. In a skims it, dress. Yeah. It, yeah. In a skims <laughs> dress. So, so she's got Beyond Meat, and now Kanye West has... The Cube Burger? The, the, cube, the cube Burger. Big Mac. So, Cube-shaped... So, burger container <laughs> so he's like it's like it's like it's really funny if i don't know if any of you guys follow like shoe collaborations and stuff it's always like no. nike <laughs> x this person it's literally kanye west x mcdonald's which is the yeah. most dystopian thing I mean, i've ever he heard. already did that one uh super bowl commercial where he was in the the mcdonald's drive-thru with like what was he in like a cyber truck or something yeah. was tesla yeah. involved i don't know <laughs> so it says that kanye west uh has teamed up with naoto uh fukasawa uh and muji he's muji's industrial designer i'm guessing muji is like a big brand that's uh that's not one that i'm familiar with uh to remodel mcdonald's fast food packaging through the team's collective vision as seen in the image below <laughs> the noir effect that seems to infiltrate the rapper's aesthetic appears visible and instead of the mcdonald's burger the print on the box resembles cr uh resembles cram sandwich in a tight space with its ingredients lettuce tomato and slices of meat still intact amidst the box size the realistic looking burger container is one of the few upcoming remodelings of the fast food chains packaging under the of Yi and Fukasawa with the fried uh, with the fries box coming next. So that's like this is so like uh, I make a joke a lot about like late stage capitalism. This might actually be it? the oncoming sign of like late stage capitalism. Choose Th your side, Beyond Meat or Cube Burger. To clarify, McDonald's has hired Kanye to rebrand. Yes, oh. I they're hope that this is real. I really, I would buy a burger if I had this cool box. She would buy a burger from them anyway. She told me off air that she thinks McDonald's is fine. I like McDonald's. Yeah. I just don't like burgers. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, they, their salads are better than they used to be. At least they were a few years ago. The last time I had a McDonald's salad. I don't know. Salad. They seem sketchy. Are, is is Kanye changing the recipe too, or is it no, just brand? No, that, that would, would be awesome funny. too. Yeah. Kanye's actually. I mean, there was what was there like some kind of. He's got his own Travis burger chain. Scott burger. Yeah, they had the Travis Scott burger. He's yeah. got and Kanye's got his own burger chain, kind of like Mr. Beast. Oh, uh, college dropout burgers. Oh. I love that. Uh, yeah, I love like that. <laughs> I, I pulled up an article just for the title. It says "College Dropout Burgers Restaurant Has Kanye West Fans Both Excited and Confused." <laughs> Like this was like this is from last year, but it's just like so he's got burger experience in here. He's not completely a novice w when it comes to burgers, but this is just branding 101, man. Like I, I really do think that like him and Kim probably work together on this. Sure, they hate each other, but they can make a lot of money of in the course. burger and I, I wrote about the Beyond Meat thing yesterday, so I so wish I had seen this in time yeah. to be like War of the Burgers. So have you guys had Beyond Meat? She I have. has. I've not. I've what had multiple types of like vegan meat before. You yeah. had the Impossible Burger. I've had that. Yeah. What did you think of those? I mean, they were all right. I wasn't really expecting them to be meat, though. So I don't know. Like my expectations were were met just fine. It wasn't bad. They just shouldn't be. I, just, I don't think it's particularly good for you to be eating a lot of that stuff because yeah. it's so processed. You shouldn't be like marketing um, it. Just market it as its own thing. Stop calling it fake meat just make it its own thing yeah exactly exactly leave the meat out of it i yeah. maybe they're trying to appeal to people that want to get off the meat but it's not meat so you yeah. don't really need to put the word meat in the title it seems weird it seems like a like they, they have a very hard time advertising i guess if stuff. they're calling it pea burgers it's not going to do very well <laughs> probably i don't think that's going to get the, the audience the vegetable, looking. Yeah, by the way. No. i remember eating a lot of beyond meat in uh 2018 uh 2018 or 19 19 or 20 something like that and uh, i would get the beyond sausages and they were good, yeah. but eventually I learned that there was some sort of preservative in it. I'm looking at the ingredients now, and I see potassium chloride. I don't know if that's what it was, but it was like 
it was like they make it in a lab, I believe. I don't want to. I don't want yeah. to say. It's like literally called like lab-grown meat. Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, like, well, that's different. That's stem cells that are actually grown in a lab into then. actual oh. meat. But they'll take like uh, an, like sheep muscle, and then they'll take a stem cell, and the sheep muscle will grow into like a piece yeah. of sheep meat that you. That's can different than like seitan, which is basically it. It's like yeast. It's like bread. None of these sound seitan. good to me. Seitan is that soy? Is that soy it, based? I thought it was yeast based. It's basically yeah. meat, but it you turn it into a different texture. I look up Satan. It's just giving me a bunch of religious stuff. <laughs> None of that it's sounds S- good to me. Satan, also S- known as the devil. E I T. A N. I think. The point is, I don't want to eat any of this. If you were vegan in 2015, it was hard living. Okay, that's all I'll say. Yeah, I was. Were you, were you vegan for a while? Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel? The same. I mean. I wasn't healthy anyways. I eat junk food all the time. So Yeah, yeah, that's a big matter. problem with vegans when they eat sugar and they're like, I'm doing it for the health reasons and then I was like, doing it for like ethical reasons, yeah. but yeah. I went through that. I did a couple She's of like ethics now. Yeah. Did yeah, you, I threw you that away. Go, no, no, I've never I've never been vegan. It's intense. You gotta supplement those B vitamins if you do. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and and we're gonna do we're gonna finish Podluck with uh, what I originally was going to title is I, I have a segment I like to call Who the Hell Asked for This, but this one actually sounds hilariously. Uh, we're re- going to review yes. this movie. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, it says Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey director teases <laughs> slasher film plot. Pooh and Piglet go on a rampage. What? That is a real thing. <laughs> so uh, first of all, the mask is absolutely terrifying. It oh. honestly is. Or at least I don't know if it's actually a mask or if it's just supposed to be like. Uh, uh, the here's look at the picture. Like if you scroll down to the woman in the hot tub, where Pooh and Piglet are there to um uh, apparently uh take her out. Piglet is even more terrifying. Yeah, exactly. What? Horns. Uh, so it says Winnie Tusks. the Pooh, Blood and Honey, uh, Blood and Honey wrapped earlier this month in the first still show a demonic Pooh and Piglet about to pounce on a scantily clad young woman relaxing in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> have already set the internet on fire. Everyone's going to... I could see this being a weirdly popular movie. This is a low-budget film. It's not a Hollywood production. This is like... Mm-hmm. Basically, like a, there's like a whole genre of film of people who like love to... When stuff goes in the public domain, they love to use it for their own ends. So my question is, is, like, is this something you guys would actually want to see? Mary seems very enthusiastic about this. I really want to see this and review it for the channel. So, so it says, uh, because of all the press and stuff, we're going to start... Ex- expediting the edit and getting through post-production as fast as we can. They see dollar signs right. in their eyes uh, with something like this. <laughs> it says, uh, Waterfield said, he says, but also make sure it's still good. It's going to be a high priority. According to Waterfield, who also wrote and co-produced the film, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, will see Pooh and Piglet as the main villains going on a rampage after being abandoned by a college-bound Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin is pulled away from them and he's not given them food. It's made Pooh and Piglet li- Piglet's life quite difficult so it's an abandon it's about abandonment it becomes yep. feral yeah that's that's what they didn't show you in the book is the abandonment of christopher they go back Robin. to their animal roots that's that's hardcore like, that sounds insane i love this quote she's got- having a good time and then Pooh and piglet appear behind her chloroform her <laughs> take her out of the jacuzzi and then kind of drive a car over her head oh okay spoiler alert Jeez, uh, poo has got like a rubber that rubber mask is looking nasty see i think i'm Damn. if the audio is good in this movie if they got great audio i think it's going to be a hit yeah, or at man. least a cult hit 
It's scary, but it's also funny. But but it's but there's also funny bits because there's shots of Winnie the Pooh in a car and seeing him with his little ears <laughs> behind the wheel and like slowly going over there to kill her. Like I now I I'm love picturing, a good horror comedy. Yeah, I really do. Well, that's it's like, and we're in an age now where horror is like uh, I don't know if any of you saw like any of the feminist horror movies, which are just like which Black ones? Christmas in 2019. No. They're not really even horror. They're just kind of like trying to make a statement yeah it's i just want to go back to an age like maybe this is how we get back to a sense of normalcy we just let poo go around and murder a bunch of it uh, is of, yeah yeah did you see psycho cop 2 psycho cop returns <laughs> no you must it it's like um one-liners psycho cop has a little like he, he's like i'm gonna write you a ticket and he gets in he's like writing it on his back and he's like i'll let you off with a warning and then he stabs the guy in the back and he's like ah and he falls off the building fantastically cheap movie I love those like '80s campy horror movies. My brother was a big fan, so yeah. he always kept me in the loop. We gotta, we, we gotta have start making movies like this again. And I think we've spoken at lo- at length about decentralization and parallel economies. This uh, they say here, this is not a Hollywood production. So make your movie. And I think now people are realizing that you don't need the refined look of Hollywood to enjoy two hours or an hour and a half watching something. Anybody can make something worth watching if they do it with the right storytelling abilities and a knowledge of how cameras and art works, right? And audio. Audio is yes. big because if you don't have good background noise, like basically room tone playing over yeah, the scenes. Yeah, uh, those are the ones that you don't realize it's bad. It's like you only know it's bad when you notice it. Like when it's good, you don't notice it. When it's bad, you notice it right away. Yeah, when it's good, you get sucked in. Humans get sucked in. Just the audio, you know, you feel like you're in the room with them. But you don't like say, but like you don't actively know it. You just know that it sounds right. But when it sounds bad, yeah, it sounds you like know a, ve- there's something's off, and you don't like know a what it is. You can tell they're in a recording studio doing the voices. Yeah. So uh, I I am looking forward to to watching. The, like I'm not a huge horror movie guy. I was just I, I enjoyed the slasher genre in the 90s because that was what kind was of, your favorite? Uh, I love Scream and Scream yeah, Two. Scream was uh, great. I like uh, that genre at that time. Uh, I'm a bi- I was a big Wes Craven fan. You know what I liked about Scream? My favorite thing was that that intro, that like pre I guess you'd call it like a, a prelude or whatever at the beginning. Yeah, they with have Drew a cold open. They have a cold open. Yeah, and that's how Indiana Jones was. Yeah, uh, Temple, like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he's getting the idol and then he runs out. The boulder comes after him and he escapes. And then all of a sudden the movie like really begins. I love that. And they did that with her on purpose because uh, they because. Drew Barrymore was such a name at that time that if she can die in the first 10 minutes of this movie, then anyone can that's die. That's something that's lost from a lot of movies today is that the heroes aren't getting killed off enough. There's not a lot yeah. of fear or of like losing one of the heroes. We talk about that when we when we review the multiverse. of the multiverse. There's no there's no actual stakes or consequences right. to anything. They should just be slaying those heroes in the multiverse it's movies and like they die for the all. rest of the movie. Yep, like like the, like they already were like when Marvel started hiccuping after uh after Avengers Endgame they're, they were already talking like, how can we bring Robert Downey Jr. back? I'm like, you cheapen it if you do that. Uh-huh. Don't bring him back. The um, the Infinity Gauntlet. I have the comics downstairs I know, I, in the studio. Yeah, they're down in the studio. Uh, at the fourth of the six Infinity Gauntlet books, usually like from 1991, I think, Marvel mm-hmm. Comics, is where the heroes all go to the asteroid to fight Thanos, and mm-hmm. Thanos kills all of them, almost all of them. And it's like so tragic to see Spider-Man get his head bashed in, and you're like, well, that's that's that. Yep. But it was only the Infinity Gauntlet that could bring them all back after the the network after the show was over yep there needs to be more stakes in these things if i'm gonna watch winnie the pooh walk around with a huge knife i need to know that the people are actually gonna stay dead i need dead. to see Pooh get a shotgun blast to the gut and like struggling <laughs> to stay up you know that's what's gonna happen it's, it's gonna end up being like a pig farmer who he takes just keeps him out. walking we need it's a new jason they'll probably get him with a bolt gun like the the thing that they use <laughs> yes. to, oh, oh yeah. that's probably what they're gonna do oh man squeal pig <laughs> 
it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. Oh. Uh, were there were there super chats? Yes, there was a couple. Hava Owens asks, "Do you guys think wokeness is starting to fall?" No, I don't. <laughs> I I feel like it's exposed, and uh, actually, yeah, in a way, in a way. I think that what we're seeing right now is uh, a sign of the financial times being tightened. So I don't know if it's necessarily that it's failing. It's that the... I think we're seeing fatigue. I, I, there's okay. fatigue from the, from the uh, viewer side of it, but from the industry side of it, we just see an industry that's struggling right now post-COVID, post... Uh, uh, we're, in, we're going into a recession of, sh of sorts. The dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. I don't think they can subsidize that type of entertainment that doesn't make as much money yeah. as it used to. There's still something to be said about a company's uh, ESG score and how it affects their decision-making when it comes to making these projects. But I don't know if... I, I think Netflix is a good example of a company that's seeing things... Uh, they're, they're making surface-level... Thank you. Thanks. They're making surface-level changes that I don't know if they really necessarily agree with, but they're doing it in short term. I, I don't know if you can necessarily get rid of wokeness long-term. I kind of agree. I saw... that. Remember, like, The Titanic, a movie that just kind of appealed to everyone. And yeah. And then, so now Netflix is forced to look at these movies that maybe they appeal to some people, but they definitely anger a lot of other yeah. people's. And they notice that. And if they got to make fiscal cuts, like you were saying, yeah. which they do, uh, that's the stuff that's going to get cut. A lot of like, there was, there was a show that I, that we watched called Archive 81 that was objectively not a great show, but I thought it had a lot of promise. Uh, and the lead actor, uh, Mamadou Athi, has uh, a lot of uh, promise as an actor. But I, I felt that it was slow in plotting. But it's something that would have never been made ten years ago. Uh, it, it didn't. It, it was too long for a movie. It, it wasn't well plotted enough for a TV show. But there was there was moments of inspiration in it. The way they used um, vintage technology only would have gotten made on on a platform like Netflix. But they just don't do a good enough job of making sure that the the risks that they take pay off. So what's the movie called again? What was uh, it, it was a show called Archive 81 Thank you. On, on Netflix uh, and it had a lot of promise and it was like a, a, a rare example of where I think that could have gone well. It was cast well. It was like it hit the woke points that they wanted without it being over the top, but it was just not well enough made where I think it would have deserved a season two. So I just think they need to do better about who they hire. I think there's too much content being made and not enough talented writers and directors like back in the day you only had a couple like hundred movies made a year uh and only a certain amount of those got studio releases so the best people working were always working now there's so much content spread out over so many platforms that there's just too much needing to be made and not enough good writers and directors the, making them. the music industry is a lot like that too that it, was like they there were only like so many bands in the 90s but they were all good for the most part you know that stuff stuff would get overplayed that was the downside now there's like a thousand times more musicians and songs out there that it's the noise is so convolutes the system so much that you got to sift through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. There was, there was another one in there. There's a couple more. Yes. Uh, so see Hobbit says new listener really liking the show. What are your thoughts or expectations if any on the Amazon Lord of the Rings show coming this summer? I personally think it's going to be a woke mess. Uh, my biggest complaint there, like, luckily, I, I always bring this up. I'm like, I'm so grateful that I don't care about Lord of the Rings or Star Trek because I like watching the people who love it just just hate what's going what's happening to those platforms you know to Star Trek to Star Wars to uh, to these platforms watching them get ruined and then the fans who grew up loving it 
feel just let down with every new thing that comes out. We're going to be reviewing Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi here with Andrew. Andrew's a, uh, an employee here, and he loves Star, Star Wars, but he knows it's going to suck because Disney's making it, yeah. and I don't expect any better from the Amazon Lord of the Rings series. I think it looks cheap, and that's for, what is it? They said, like, it's several billion dollars making this show, and it looks like it was made on a back lot at a studio only. Yeah, so. I saw a preview for it, and it was pure trash in that it didn't say anything. It was a bunch of spectacle, like a bunch of images yeah. of skylines and people running and hot mm -hmm. close-ups on faces. I'm like, what does this Dude, do? The same thing for the the sequel to Avatar, the Blue People one. Yeah. Uh, the Blue People, not, yeah, not the Last Airbender. The Blue we People. We were one. watching like a full sixty seconds or longer. I felt of just visuals of a bunch of CGI before they started speaking, and you then can, when they started speaking, it had nothing to do with the plot. You can give them a little bit of break on teasers. Te the teasers, are the uh, is always the shorter one that they release before the first trailer. If there is no context given in the first trailer, that's when you can start to worry. There's a Tolkien quote, and I went to the the Lord of the Rings YouTube. It might have been the teaser video that yeah. I was talking about that was trashy, and it was uh, all these comments underneath. And this is the quote. everyone was quoting it. Evil. Yeah cannot create anything new they can only corrupt and ruin what good forces have invented or made and yep. it's yeah. indicating like they're taking lord of the rings which was created by good and evil is just utilizing just Yep. putting it through the grinder you know making another money grab and there's whole channels that cover Tolkien and like I, I was never a huge Tolkien fan so it's like I feel bad for those people who have to watch that franchise just get bastardized oh. by by modern cinema by mm. modern Hollywood it's just awful so yeah. one more or there was a couple more. Was one more two, one there two were more. a couple more okay uh, Hava Owen says I think I'd watch it referring to the blood and honey <laughs> movie yeah, it sounds name. metal absolutely it absolutely does and thousand foot deep end says Mary describing Kim Beyond Meat commercial sounds like the goofy commercials my siblings and I made using the family video ca camera back in the day. Cringe. It was actually worse than that. The, that yeah. commercial was terrifying. I think it's like the high production value, but also the lack of self awareness, like yeah. mixed together, that makes it so <laughs> disturbing. It was the they have like these they do the, these fast um uh, these fast push ins with like a dolly that just it the just, zoom into it, her just completely blank expression of like Botox. <laughs> I still don't know how she is so famous. I mean, if she had a famous family, her dad was... Uh, I don't know. Bruce, right Bruce place, Jenner at the right time? time she's also, I mean, she's a cunning business person. I guess so. yeah. she's not a horrible human. I mean, I, I've seen her. She she's, she's likable enough. Was she, is she a horrible human? Her sister know. seemed like, why are they even on? They're just on TV because they're pretty. Is that all it is? She's, and rich? And they knew a producer? They're that, actually that's very... That's the thing. There are always richer and prettier people. I think it's just about being at the right place at the right time and using your nepotism strategically I think she's a cunning business person I, I think that she knows uh, PR better than just about any PR agent in the world and I think that she markets herself brilliantly yeah I think she's a hard worker. I've made a lot of comments about how I think she's actually kind of an evil genius mm -hmm. so, interesting so we will, we will see you. there's a couple more yes there is no avatar the last airbender live-action movie we don't talk about that <laughs> yeah the, I don't I don't get it because M. Night Shyamalan is a good uh, director it's just that was just trash. If you guys absolute garbage fire. That's what I've heard. I've never seen it. I saw the cartoon was pretty good. If you guys had, were an element bender, what element would you bend? Oh, fire for sure. Fire. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm totally Azula. Yeah. <laughs> Azula. Just evil. Fire bending. <laughs> I, I used to think I was like a fire worker because I was like, oh, I think I'm an Aries. It turns out I'm kind of a Pisces in the sidereal You'd zodiac. Totally be an airbender. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> totally. then I was like, am I moving the wind or am I moving the moisture in the air? And I think when I'm moving the fire, I'm actually moving the wind. But then I thought I'm actually moving the water, which is moving the wind, which is changing the fire. 
I, I, I Final answer, waterbender. Water. But it might be a windbender. I'm not sure. <laughs> There's a couple more. An airbender. Yes. Alexandria Oakley says, I'm loving this long live format. Hey, Ian. Also, Mecca Random. Uh, Mecca Random 42. She's a YouTuber. Mecca Random 42 would be a great guest for you guys. Amber Heard injured Jason Momoa on set. <laughs> and training multiple times she sucks oh man so so like uh you know like he can't do all the work with his huge muscles like she had to do some work too and apparently he got injured i didn't know that maybe yeah. that's why the see we were talking like uh she like uh mary pointed out she's like maybe uh uh momoa heard about amber heard stuff with johnny depp and like he thought that maybe He's that like, affected the is chemistry this on purpose are you injuring me on purpose and pretending it's an accident maybe oh, wow. that's why the chemistry is bad maybe she just <laughs> dropped him on his head or something and and now he's just not forgiving her that, that is it. actually possible. If he feels unsafe around her, he would have got her offset immediately. Yeah, for probably. sure. Well, he he actually fought to keep her because he just he's such a dude, bro. He's probably just he's like such a good dude. I'm sure he's just like, no, man, she's great. Let's keep her in the movie. And the studio's like, we can't do that, dude. And he's like, no, let's keep her in the movie. So <laughs> she only got like a like. He, he his raise was like his first Aquaman got like three to four million, and then he makes fifteen million on the new one. She went from one million to two million, but it's not like a co lead position. She's like he's the star, he's the actual character of Aquaman. Who does she play in the movie? Uh, Mara. Uh, uh, what role is that? Uh, she's is it Mara or Mira? It's Mara. Um, but it's it's like she's with him in the movie. They're, they're like both, his girlfriend or something. Yeah, it's, okay. uh, it's I I watched Aquaman once. I I thought I thought I found it inoffensive, and after how bad Justice League was. The, not the Snyder Cut, but the original one, I would take inoffensive, but a lot of those movies, what? Someone commented, the last gender bender. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a whole other uh, genre. I don't want anything to do with that one. No, beginning. thank you. Yeah. It's just beginning. Oh, someone else said um, Ian would be a graphene bender. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that'd be earthbender because graphene's carbon. That yeah, that's how that so. works. Well, although carbon dioxide is also air. Uh, all the things we have to consider when we make our own movie here. We'll have to do that someday. Fluidic graphene. I like where your head's at. All right. Uh, Ian, thank you so much for coming oh, today, thanks man. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, we'll have to have you back sometime soon. Definitely. That would be awesome. Uh, let everyone know they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me at iancrossland.net, and then that's a portal to all my social media stuff. And, of course, check out TimCast IRL, Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and that'll be tonight. Check us out there. Thank you. Mary, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and WeChat at Closer Kitty. <laughs> I've also been churning out articles on TimCast.com, so check it out when I promote them on Instagram. Perfect. Guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. And remember, Pop Culture Crisis is now live Monday through Friday here, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. It's lunchtime there. You can watch us when you're eating lunch. It's perfect. Uh, we're on social media. We are on Twitter at PopCulture underscore show. We are on uh Instagram now, Pop Culture Crisis Pod. And then we are on Facebook and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis. And also, if you don't want to watch, you can listen to us Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, all those platforms. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.